0: Ephesians 1, 15-23, this is about thanksgiving and prayer. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and the revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, and you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead,
1: Thank you, Rob, for leading us with that. Our text for meditation this morning is Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 to 19. I keep asking that God, of our, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, and the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints, and His incomparably great power for us who believe. Dear brothers and sisters, this morning, I'm sure all of us realize how important Prayer is in our walk with God. I realized during the past week too, I had to uh, do two funerals. Uh, it's like losing a mother and a sister. Yanni Van Leeuwen passed away, and the funeral was on Friday. And the last tu- past Tuesday, Barbara Bradfield passed away at the age of 62. It's like losing a sister. So we were all emotionally very involved. And, uh, and realized how important the power of prayer is. I had to depend upon the Lord. It was so difficult. One of the most difficult things I had to do after a very long time. But to depend upon the Lord in prayer. And only through the power of prayer that we could get through in that way. You see, for us as believers in Christ, prayer should be as natural as breathing. That's how it should be for us and therefore i want to focus this morning on what we need to pray for what we need to pray for and i want to focus on the apostle paul's prayer for the christians in ephesus as a model for us for what we can pray for we acknowledge also that it is the very hard time in which we live today to live out our christian faith especially in a society that is apathetic and hostile towards God, the Bible, towards our Christian way of life. And we experience all kinds of trials as followers of Jesus Christ. And therefore we realize that we cannot live the Christian life in our own strength, but we are totally dependent upon the Lord. And that is why we need to follow our Lord's example in praying earnestly and seeking God's help as individuals as well as a congregation. In our passage of Scripture for today, the Apostle Paul teaches us what we need to pray for when he prayed for all the churches under his care. And in this particular prayer, He prayed that the believers in Ephesus may experience the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that they may know God better. Then he also prays that they may know about their hope and glorious inheritance in Christ and that they may also know the greatness of the power of God. In verse 16, the Apostle Paul began his prayer with these very encouraging words. He says, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Remember, devoted followers of Jesus, like devoted Jews, they always spent or they set aside time each day for prayer. For example, many devoted Jews, they prayed several hours a day. And Paul continued that habit or that tradition that he had even after his conversion to the Christian faith. This is why we know how Paul could have prayed for all the churches. And he keeps saying, I pray for you. And we can understand that because Paul continued that tradition of spending much time in prayer. We notice that Paul began with an expression of thanksgiving. The mere fact that the Gentiles could call upon God was sufficient for the Apostle Paul to give thanks to God even though they were young in the faith and they were limited in their knowledge of the Scriptures. They were eager. Yes, these early believers were eager to know God and to know His Word. So the Apostle Paul expressed both thanks and love. For all these fellow believers. We also notice that Paul included intercession in his prayer. Intercession means that you pray or you intercede and pray on behalf of others. So Paul realized that God's work was ongoing. It was not yet complete. And so when Paul gives thanks to God for the richness of his mercy. He's not ashamed to also plead before God. You see, Paul's, Paul's prayer always involved thanksgiving and asking. So what is Paul asking for, even as he gives thanks to God? In verse 17, he says, "I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation." Paul prayed. That God may so work in the lives of His people, that they may have the spiritual wisdom and the revelation, which is the work of the Holy Spirit, in the work in in our hearts. So Paul prayed. He prayed for a kind of wisdom, a revelation, an inspiration or an insight that was equal to that given to the prophets like Moses and Elijah, and Amos and. Isaiah of the Old Testament. He prayed for a kind of wisdom, a revelation, an inspiration that was equal to that given to God's servants like Paul and Peter, John the Baptist of the New Testament. So what Paul prayed for is often mentioned in the Old Testament as the spirit of wisdom and understanding. For example, Joshua and Daniel, they received the spirit of of wisdom Deuteronomy 34 verse 9 how much we need to ask God for wisdom in the times in which we live wisdom to live godly lives for God you see what Paul asked for does not come from man it does not come through the strength and the ability of man but only in and through and by the spirit of God and that's what we discover when we get, go through difficult challenges in our lives and when we depend upon God for strength, for guidance, and for all that He can give us to see us through. Now, we need to be reminded that God's revelation ceased with the death of the last apostle. In other words, there is no new revelation from God today. Let me explain. For example, some years ago in South Africa... A man from a charismatic background visited our church. And after the worship service, he came to me and he said, Reverend, do you have a special word of God for me today? And I was taken aback because I had just finished preaching a sermon. So I responded. You see, God speaks to us today through His word, through the Bible. But He insisted that I give Him more. So using Paul's words, I told him to pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation, because God has spoken. He has spoken to my heart this morning, and He has spoken to your heart through His Word. See, we need to understand that the Spirit gives us inspiration, understanding, insight every time we open the Word of God. Every time we read the Word of God, whether we read it or hear it or study it. Because the Spirit of God works in and through and with the Word of God, the Bible. And therefore, Paul calls the the Bible the Word of Truth. He calls it the Gospel of Salvation, verse 13. So Paul was asking that the Spirit use the revelation that we already have. That is the Bible, the Word of God, to give us the insight and the understanding that by the Spirit, the eyes of our hearts may be enlightened, verse 18. Now, it's important to, al- to also understand that wisdom and revelation given by the Spirit of God through the Word is not only limited to perception, learning, knowledge, or theoretical understanding or insight but it also demonstrates it demonstrates how we live the word of God how to live therefore wisdom and revelation does not make us passive but it makes us responsive it makes us active to the gospel so why did Paul pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation for the believers in Ephesus he says, so that they may know God better, verse 17. We have the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we may grow and know God better. Paul's greatest desire for the Ephesian Christians is that they may know God more and more. I keep asking that you may know Him better. He also has reference to that in Colossians 1, 9-10. So Paul's first request for the Christians in Ephesus is for them to know God better. You see, he could have first prayed first that they they would have unity. He could have prayed that they would grow in numbers or that they would have no persecution or opposition from the authorities. He could have prayed for protection first for uh, them against the devil's schemes. Instead, he prays. That the Ephesians Christians may know God better. Dear brothers and sisters, in praying this, Paul is reminding us how important it is for us to grow in the knowledge of God's Word. And that is why, according to the Westminster Confession, it says that the chief end, the chief end, man's chief end, is to know God and to enjoy Him forever to know God and enjoy Him forever. Paul gives us this most basic teaching years before this, this confession was formulated by asking, keep eyes, I keep asking that you may know God better. Knowing God through our Lord Jesus Christ is vital and a matter of eternal consequences. Proverbs 9 verse 10 says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy of the Holy One is understanding. There is no wisdom or understanding apart from knowing God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, further knowing God is what eternal life is all about. Not just knowing about God but knowing Him through Jesus Christ personally, accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. Remember what Jesus said in John 17 verse 3, Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Yes, knowing God, experiencing God is vital so that we may learn to love Him, And serve Him with greater commitment. So may I ask you this morning, what is most important in your life? Is it to know God? Is it to know Him better? To know more and more about Him? Because if that is the case, then no one has to challenge you every time to read your Bible or to pray regularly or attend church regularly. Can you as a true and faithful believer in Christ... Be content with only a casual knowledge of God? That's a great question to ask. If I'm a true and faithful Christian, am I content? Am I satisfied with a shallow knowledge of God? Can you as a true and faithful Christian be content with a shallow relationship with your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? I keep asking. That you may know Him better. Will you pray that prayer for yourself? Will you pray that you may hunger and thirst for God and for His Word? I keep asking that you may know Him better. Will you pray this way for others, uh, for other people? Will you pray for spiritual growth and and the well-being of other believers? I hope every parent... Prays this way for their children. I pray every grandparent will pray this way for their children, for their grandchildren. I hope every teacher will pray this way for their students. I pray every elder will pray this way for those members who are under their section. I pray that every husband will pray this prayer for their wives, every wife for their husband, on the other hand. And I pray that you will pray this prayer for your pastor. And that your pastor will also pray for you. That all of us will have a greater hunger for God and His Word. Because you see, dear brothers and sisters, if we really know God as we study His Word and as we know more about Him, and the more you know about Him, then you would love Him. And if you love Him, then you will serve Him. It works that way. How can you serve Him if you don't love God? How can you love God if you don't know God? You've got to know Him. If you know Him, then you love Him. If you love Him, then you'll serve Him. And that's how it works. And then the Apostle Paul prays that we may know our hope and our inheritance. Verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints or the people of God. Dear brothers and sisters, Paul knew, yes, he knew how easy it is for us to get wrapped up in this life, in this body, and in this world that we can lose sight, so easily lose sight of the future, our future life with God in the glories of heaven. Or we can lose sight in the things of God which are eternal and will never pass away. And yes, so many people. They just live for this life. They work so hard just for this life. They put all their energy just for this life, thinking this is the only life we have. Dear brothers and sisters, this life is but a snap of the finger compared to eternity. Life here on earth is just, just a snap of the finger. question is, where would we spend eternity? That's the question. But we spend all the time and energy here. Yeah. That's why Calvin Miller put it into perspective. He says, you see, the world is poor because its treasures are all buried in heaven, and all the treasure maps are here on earth. Our true treasure is in heaven. Our true citizenship is in heaven. We are only passing through. According to Paul, the Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing this inheritance. Verse 14. The Spirit is a kind of down payment on our future inheritance. Just think about all the blessings that we already have through the Spirit of God. For example, we are born again through the Spirit. The Spirit of God leads us to repentance and faith. Through the Spirit, we receive all the gifts, the fruits of the Spirit. We are gifted for work in the church and in the kingdom. You see, the Spirit takes our prayers and makes them acceptable to God. The Spirit works in us to sanctify us, to make us pure and holy, to give us peace. The Spirit opens the Scriptures to us. He feeds us through the preaching of the Word and the administration of the sacraments. And you see, the list just goes on and on as to what the Spirit of God does. (laughs) Now think about this. If this is what our inheritance is like now, just imagine what it will be like when we inherit the, 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 the entire estate. If this is what our inheritance is like now. What it will be like when we inherit the, the entire estate. And finally, Paul prays that we may know his incomparably great power for us who believe. Verse 19 and 20. That power is like the working of His mighty strength. Verse 20, which He exerted in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. As far as Paul is concerned, this great mighty power has already been displayed in the resurrection and ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ. And as our inheritance... As with our inheritance, the first installment has already taken place. How great is the power of God that He could raise Jesus from the dead. The same mighty power that raised Jesus from the dead was also used in bringing Him into the heavenly kingdom, verse 20. God brought Him up into His presence and seated Him at the right hand, the place of power, and authority, only the Lord God Almighty, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, can do this. Paul prayed, dear brothers and sisters, that we may come to know the greatness and the power of God as seen in the resurrection and ascension of Jesus. So why pray this prayer? I want you to notice something. That the great power of God that raised Jesus from the dead, that great power of God, that almighty power that brought him into heaven, that mighty power of God that seated him at the right hand of the Father, is for us who believe. It's for us who believe. So great and mighty, the mighty power of God. Was displayed for us. What what does Paul mean when he says God's great power is for us who believe? What is implied here is that Christ made God's power, His almighty power, His great power, His immeasurably great power available to us to be used in the Christian life so that we can live fruitful productive, and dynamic lives for Jesus Christ. He's made all the resources available. Yes, you cannot say, I just can't live that life. It's too difficult for me. He's made all, everything available for us. He's given us the power to live that victorious life. I pray that you may know His incomparably great power. Paul prayed that they may know and experience the power of God so that they may be able to fight victoriously against the forces of darkness, the powers of Satan, Ephesians chapter 6. That we may also be able to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, as we struggle against darkness, Ephesians 5, 8, and as we live as children of the light. Paul knew that without the power of God in Christ, we are hopeless and helpless And defenseless, like sheep without a shepherd, or a city without walls and gates. Therefore, Paul says, I pray that you may know his incomparably great power, verse 19. So, dear brothers and sisters, the Apostle Paul prayed for the believers in Ephesus. And he brought three requests before the throne of of grace. And let us make that our prayer too. Let us pray that we may know God better. Let us pray that we may know the hope to which He has called us and the riches of His glorious inheritance. And thirdly, let us pray that we may know His incomparably great power for us. Yes, dear brothers, let this be our prayer. Let it be our prayer for ourselves for our loved ones, and for, and for this congregation. Amen. Let us spend a few moments as we reflect upon God's Word. Gracious Heavenly Father, We're grateful for the opportunity you have given us to listen to your word, for your spirit granting us understanding and inspiring us to obey your word. Lord, we're also grateful for your spirit who empowers and enables us to live victorious and fruitful lives for your kingdom. Lord, thank you for reminding us about the importance of prayer, what we we need to pray for, Yes, Lord, we pray that we may experience the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we may know you better. Yes, Lord, we pray that we may know our hope in you and also the glorious inheritance that you have for us and to know the greatness of your power. Lord, you've shown us that you are powerful in all your ways and that nothing is too difficult for you. So we bring our doubts, our fears, our challenges, and the various situations that cause us anxiety and humbly ask for your help so that we may experience your peace. Lord Jesus, we pray that in the midst of all the challenges that we are facing or will face, that your word and spirit will continue to inspire us and keep us strong in our dependence upon you.